0: New tagline for a new year. We grow as people ever comical stuff. We grow as. Okay, well. (laughs) I'm going to stop there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I I need to tell you this, Grant. Mm -hmm. You may recall, you and, and the listeners may recall that not too many weeks ago, I got a little frustrated with you for delaying my ice cream consumption post-podcast due mm-hmm. to your tardiness. This time I made the concerted effort to obtain and eat some ice cream before this episode Excellent. so that I couldn't hold it against you. I will have more afterward. I only had about two spoonfuls of very, very good chocolate ice cream, That's but it was great.
1: That sounds like it's almost
0: worse. No, trust it was very good because so this okay. is the thing. Uh, this weekend, Aaron and I, I went to go get some ice cream, and I decided. Well, we didn't actually have room in the freezer for the full quart of the kind of ice cream that we typically get, just because we have a small freezer. So there was there wasn't room for a full quart of ice cream, which is what we normally get. So I went for a slightly cheaper pint of ice cream, but seemed like it sounded really good. I think it was it was. Uh, from a uh company based in LA or something, the uh, flavor was called Midnight Munchies, and it was mm. chocolate peanut butter ice cream with peanut butter cups and peanut or mm. er, uh chocolate covered pretzels. Uh huh. So it seemed like pretty good ice cream, and Aaron and I each had like our first bite. We were like, "Wow, yeah, that's very peanut butter. This is actually pretty good." And then about two more bites in, it hits us. That this ice cream was impossibly salty. Oh. And Aaron enjoys salt in general <laughs> more than I do. And Aaron, it hit Aaron more than it hit me. Like this is salty ice cream. Like this is really like really uh-huh. rough. Uh, I still ate all of mine and then finished it the next day because, you know, I I have no standards uh, in that case. You're a good,
1: good play, clean plate club member.
0: I really am. I really am. Um. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty rough. And I think, even though it's been a couple of days since we've eaten it, that flavor is probably still in both of our minds, I would guess. So mm-hmm. I went, luckily we had eaten enough leftovers that there was now room in the freezer for a quart of ice cream. <laughs> I went and got just straight chocolate ice cream from the brand that we do like. And it's it tastes like the best chocolate ice cream I've ever had in my life. <laughs> It very well might be actually. Like it is, it does seem mm. like even ignoring the past, really good chocolate ice cream, very chocolatey and good. Um, but it, in light of our prior experience, it's even better. Mm-hmm. So I, I should have gone with my gut. I almost got it this weekend instead of the other stuff, uh, but fear of lack of freezer space halted my hand. I also mm-hmm. remi- I also re- remembered this time around that we have all of our mix-ins from making cookies still available, so we have, like, crushed up Andy's mm. mints and mini chocolate chips oh. and stuff, so uh, the fact that it's plain chocolate ice cream is no barrier for a bit more of a fun dessert. hmm So I'm pretty pumped for that. I had a few, I had some mini chocolate chips in my two spoonfuls of ice cream that I had before the podcast. Mm-hmm. It was very enjoyable.
1: Nice. Mark, yeah. I, this story has just made me notice that I have a bad habit when people tell me stories. <laughs> okay. As, well, especially when you tell me stories, is I try to anticipate where they're going. Oh. And because what was the flavor of ice cream again of the salty one? <laughs> it was Midnight Munchies, right? You are correct. Because as you were like telling your story, you were like, and then suddenly it hit us, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's pot ice cream!"
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see where that where your brain would go that way.
1: You set it up just perfectly for that too, <laughs> but like that's not at all where you were going with it, and you didn't like make it lead that way. It was just like my brain decided to take it the own direction.
0: <laughs> I, I guess that I have, um, you know, repeating an, an oft said statement here i've been trained by friends the like of you to not anticipate where stories are going because that's an impossibility (laughs) no machine learning no machine learning algorithm no neural net no human is subtle enough to anticipate the next word that may come out of grant's mouth
1: yeah i'm just unique i'm i'm one of a kind i'm a special boy
0: you really are you're really something else
1: Yeah, I've had more than one person tell me that recently, so...
0: (laughs) Oh, I forgot to ask... Okay, I'll cut this out if the answer is no, but have you watched the movie yet, Grant? Yes. You did? Can we talk about it? Sure. Sweet. Okay, so listeners, Grant was in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's where this needs to start. Uh, I believe you are in fact credited, technically...
1: I'm an extra in a movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, but you are credited. Your name appears on screen eventually. Um, okay. But it was made by one of our mutual friends. Uh, I suppose you've known Tim since, I don't know, how long?
1: Since kindergarten.
0: Okay, that's, I thought that it went pretty far back. <laughs> I haven't known Tim quite that long, but I've known him for quite a while. Very funny guy. He's a music teacher, but he also uh, excels in making off-the-wall media, <laughs> I would say. Or off-the-wall entertainment, I would, I guess, is really the whole <laughs> thing. From whistling choir all the way to this. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's been a wild ride. Uh, but yeah, it's a movie
1: called Dr. Feelgood and the Asparagus Kid. Or, do you remember the subtitle? I don't remember the subtitle they actually put in it. Isn't it like something about the... See, because... <laughs> What what is it? I don't remember what it actually is. And it I don't is wanna... or
0: the respect for the omnipresence of death.
1: <laughs> yes, there we go.
0: <laughs> I want to know what you think about this grant because you you obviously have insider information or at least insider experience of um what is an eclectic collection of scenes shot over a couple of weekends in Iowa that turned into another eclectic collection of scenes that form what could be considered a movie
1: i don't know i was i was pretty impressed i don't know i mean
0: i was too i'm that's why i'm just
1: um i don't know i like i enjoyed it It, it's the type of humor that i enjoy and like knowing the people behind it Mm -hmm. i'm sure makes it another level of enjoyable um and kind of having heard about it for a while before it actually ended up being filmed and then edited over the course of a while Mm -hmm. um and so i don't know it's fun to see it finally come out because it's something i've been like hearing about and then like participated in a tiny bit and so yeah i don't know it's cool I i don't know
0: i have very strong feelings about this movie
1: what are your strong feelings
0: my strong feelings are that this movie is sort of like. It feels like. I don't know. I could consider it. I mean, okay. I need to try and reorganize my thoughts to frame it in a way that's good for, like, this medium. So, first of all, Tim is the main person that I know involved in this. I've met all of Tim's roommates, but that was. Four years ago, I guess, was when I visited Luther that one time. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, that college that has a redacted name every time it appears. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks. <laughs> uh, operational security and all that. Uh, <laughs> but so so Tim is obviously the one who I associate the most with all of this. Um, so that's like the viewpoint that I'll be approaching it from is comparing it to the other stuff that I know Tim has been involved with. One thing being another or a short film with the same group of guys, uh, but otherwise other stuff like musicals and everything, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, there's two uh, kind of conflicting viewpoints in my mind. One is that this is a sort of culmination of Tim's time as a young adult with the um, expendable energy and and time available to do something like this. Slash, if he does find the time to do this sort of stuff with similar groups of people in the future, it feels like a sort of turning point, where, unlike everything else I've ever seen him do, which is which was unequivocally comedic and satirical, mm-hmm. this was just serious enough at times Mm -hmm. that it like messes with my brain like i did not sit there laughing the entire time because i got roped into them trying to make a serious film and then some of the humor making me some of the seriousness making me frustrated that it wasn't just straight up the normal kind of humor that i'm used to always seeing and the humor would sometimes frustrate me that it wasn't as serious as they clearly could have made it if they were mm-hmm. so inclined. Yeah. Like, that. that's the thing. It's like they didn't choose whether they wanted to make a funny movie or a serious movie. It wasn't a comedy with a heartfelt or serious undertone. And it wasn't a drama with some funny moments. Mm-hmm. It was like an absurdist drama thing like if monty python collaborated with uh christopher nolan
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I wonder if they'd take that as a compliment
0: (laughs) i don't know we'll find out at some point maybe uh but but that's really I, i don't think i've ever expressed it that way yet that's uh but obviously there are strong inception vibes going on somewhat explicitly at Mm -hmm. times and like like things associated with that while also they're just being like wacky humor on purpose yeah so it's like yeah it it, it, it's it occupies this like split space in my mind that i can't quite decide how i feel about it Uh uh-huh where there are like there are certain shots where you're like wow they were actually they actually really cared about what they were making Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't like um you know the 24-hour musicals that are very jokey very like easy catchy tunes all the time the plot is just moving forward at a real fast pace because it sort of has to um like there were times where like wow they're really doing some good visual storytelling here and then times where you're like why are they making that joke or why are they just like stating the whole plot of the movie out loud again? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I just, I'm of a split mind. I mean, I encourage everyone to go watch it because like, why not? Like you've definitely, anybody who listens to this at any point now or in the future, has spent 90 minutes of their time watching something way worse than this (laughs) and way less just straight up enjoyable. Like it is an enjoyable thing. Yes. Like you can, you can be like, yeah, these are like four college guys who like are musical and talented and stuff, but like they're all doing their thing. They all found time to do this. Like, you know, go watch the behind the scenes documentary, which is I'm sure about 40% straight lies and 60%, Mostly truth. Uh, See? As, as far as I could peg it.
1: <laughs> the best part about the behind the scenes is that you don't know that ratio. You don't know if no, it's true. Right. No, you don't. It's my favorite part of it. I mean,
0: I feel like I can make and pretty that's good guesses. And the utter truth. <laughs> I'm Marlon Milks. <laughs> <sighs> that is the utter truth. Oh, man. Yeah, so, I don't know, it's just, there are so many scenes that still stick in my head. Mm -hmm. There are so many little bits that stick in my head. I think also, having watched, you know, I watched the, like, short trailer and then the very extended trailer. I watched the whole making of behind the scenes thing before, you know, they put that out before they posted the movie. Yeah. So, I, I already had a lot to go on. But I am impressed that they were able to hold back way more than, like, most Hollywood movies are able to hold back in their trailers.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: That that I can give them a lot of credit for, where you watch a trailer, like a two-minute, what they call a teaser trailer, but it's really every plot point and every joke in the entire movie, and then then that's the entire trailer. And then you go into the movie, and then you're like, wow, yep, they really just took those two minutes and expanded it to two hours and 20 minutes, didn't they? But they didn't do that here. They kept mm-hmm. it close to the chest, and I like that. Yeah, so, I don't know. It was just—it's not what I expected <laughs> my year to end with. Oh yeah, I can say that. It was—it was a pleasant way for things to resolve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's right. I need to tell you. Th- I need to tell you the scene that sticks with me. Oh yes. Because I texted Tim. Like After I finished watching, I, I said, like, that was great. I can't get this scene out of my mind. And it was the scene immediately after, I think it was in the classroom, and Greg is just, like, eating toast or something.
1: The <laughs> burnt Tim, toast?
0: Yeah, and Tim goes to wash his hands in the bathroom. You know what I'm talking about? He
1: Yeah, yeah
0: and i cannot get the opening of that scene where it's just a shot of the sink and the hands and everything and the way that it was framed granted i was watching it on my phone it would probably look a little different if i was watching it like on a theater screen but at least watching it on my phone i was struck by like how good of a shot like cinematically that was mm-hmm. like it was it was out of everything where they you know they're using like one camera that's used that's useful for some situations but not every situation mm-hmm. there's obviously a lot of set dressing that is not great throughout <laughs> one may oh. say <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this particular scene stuck in my mind as like the the most perfect as just like a 5 second clip if you were saying like what's the most What's the thing out of this student film that looks the most like an actual movie? I would say that was it. Mm-hmm. So, I, that that one's that one still stuck in my head. I just needed to share that.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing, Mark. Mm-hmm.
0: And, of course, the few clips that I got of you. Yeah. Saying watermelon, fun. watermelon, or whatever to people. What? Whatever it is you were instructed to do. You know, the... When... That's oh, what they always yeah. say: is when you're supposed to set, look like you're talking, you just mouth the word watermelon.
1: Oh, see, I was just actually talking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that works too if it's if it's music being dubbed over.
1: But yeah, uh, no, it was all, fun. I'm glad the to whole, hear. The whole the whole battle sequence was fun to film. <laughs> um,
0: I would damn. love to just like. Well, I mean, I suppose it's a little different in that particular college town, but I can imma- not imagine, but it'd be even funnier going like on a campus like the U of M and seeing that going mm-hmm. on, the equivalent of that. Mm-hmm. That would be wild.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to decide. I don't think this would give away anything in the movie. I don't know. Cut it out <laughs> if you think it does, but during filming actually maybe this is in the behind the scenes or something but there was one moment while filming the battle or yeah well in that field at least that there was somebody who was wearing a wedding dress Mm -hmm. and they also put on a horse head and were galloping across the field (laughs) and people driving by like honked and stopped
0: yep that was in the behind the scenes i think okay
1: good yeah they're just like what the what the heck like Mm -hmm just so bizarre
0: yeah if nothing else it's a like it's it's impressive to uh, appreciate the bits of truth that are clearly truth that at least you've confirmed to me are basically truth from the behind the scenes in terms of like the amount of time taken to shoot and everything that went with that Hmm. I, I think that that's like if there's nothing else, you can be like, hey, even, like, like a film of this relatively decent quality, you know, if you disregard plot holes and stuff, uh, <laughs> just, just focusing on the movie aspects of it, doing it in, like, what, I guess, like, four or five total days is what it sounded like to me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Don't ask me.
0: Uh, that that's, that's my story. That's the story that I'm going to pedal to everyone else.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: it'll it'll start here and Tim and Co will never be able to track it down. Yeah. Also, is this another instance where I don't remember? I feel like I was paying attention to it and then I, I forget still whether Tim's full name was ever used at any point in the movie, like in the credits, written out ever? Because I remember in the Griddlers, and then again here it was like, and Timothy starring, starring as himself. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't <laughs> or something think something like that. <laughs> his full name might not have been in it. I don't know. <laughs>
0: that's like that's just like a lovely bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we're lucky to have strange friends. Yeah, we are absolutely. It just. It leads to great, like, stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I was just, like, I was hoping to play, being an extra in a friend's movie, and I got fake blood poured on my face, and then I had to <laughs> bite off someone's foot.
0: <laughs> that's right, you did.
1: <laughs> like, that's a fun story. Like, yeah, it didn't okay. sound fun right then, but I could tell it better, I promise.
0: I need to ask one, one behind-the-scenes thing. Okay. Did Andrew teach you all the dance that he was going to do at college prom or did you guys just have to attempt to follow along at whatever he happened to do
1: was there anything about this in the behind the scenes
0: not that i can think of
1: i don't know if i'm supposed to say what happened
0: (laughs) you can tell me no no one's gonna know it'll be all in the family here
1: that was that was the whole bit is that nobody had any idea what was going on okay
0: okay (laughs) that's what i figured I, that's why I'm just asking specifically about the dance. That's all I wanted to yeah. ask Yeah. because I did get that vibe. I remember watching <laughs> your eyes and it, it very much did like it didn't seem like the vibe of, oh, we were taught this dance at least once and then are trying to kind of remember the steps. Mm-hmm. So that's all I wanted to check. <laughs> it reminded me of, uh, do you, you watch much SNL at all ever?
1: Oh uh, yeah, a little bit.
0: Okay. So, so there's an old bit from, um, I guess now old, from uh, Weekend Update where it's uh, Kristen Wiig and Fred Armisen. I already forget the name, but they're like the singing duo who dress mm-hmm. up in uh, sweater vests or whatever, like Christmas sweater vests. And okay. uh, they always come on to sing Christmas songs or sing holiday songs at various times of the year on Weekend Update, and they are always trying to sing in unison but neither of them have a plan for what the song's going to be or the like anything about it, so Fred oh will just kind of start singing, and Kristen has to just kind of like try to follow along in as yeah. close to the correct word and melody as possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny
1: <laughs> that sounds great, yeah, <laughs> with the dance after like watching it back in the movie, I have to say it looked a lot more like we might have actually known what was going on than it felt like <laughs> I mean, like that, yeah, that was just like a super fun experience to film like it was just bizarre and like very much enjoyable mm-hmm. and then to see it, it is like oh it actually kind of like almost looks like we're kind of like sort of doing what we were supposed to do
0: <laughs> it makes you wonder like how many especially extras in hollywood movies know what they're like signing up for oh yeah like I have, I have no clue if I can't. Even, I can't even think of a good idea of a good example. But let's just say, like people in like the first Avengers movie or something, you had a bunch of New York civilians. Did mm-hmm. they even know that they were filming? Like, a, like, like, are they required to know what movie they're going to be in, or anything? Like, or are they just kind of told, like, oh, there's an attack, go freak out and stuff? Mm-hmm. I don't, I I don't know. know.
1: Maybe I feel like. Sometimes they probably know what they're gonna be in, but there mm. definitely might be times where they don't. If like or, the or studio is like, trying to keep something on the DL or I don't know.
0: Exactly, yeah. Or like just middling actors in, it, like maybe they have a couple of scenes, but they're not really big ticket uh, people for the uh, movie. Mm-hmm. You know who who gets to read an entire script, or do they just get their relevant scenes or whatever?
1: Probably that most of the time. And I mean, I'm
0: sure it depends. You know, in things like yeah, a superhero movie where it's more spoiler of a like a more spoilery thing. I'm sure they're more careful versus like I'm sure that when they were filming, let's say like Lincoln or something, um, mm-hmm. people probably got to know what was going on.
1: <laughs> why? Why is that the example that popped into your head? <laughs> How old? Isn't uh, well, that, okay, I'll I tell saw you that why movie that. in theaters. One of the very few movies I've ever seen in theaters. So what may you? What may make you
0: even more? Confounded by me pulling that reference is that so I've never, never seen, seen that it? movie. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know where
1: my how my brain got there, but uh, for sure, I, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I saw that movie like over Christmas time or something with family, like the year it came out or whatever.
0: The closest thing, and I can't actually explain where this came from, but I do know that in the last couple weeks, I I was watching all of. Obama speeches at the Correspondence dinners over the years. Mm-hmm. And he does a very good uh, video bit where it's a uh, Steven uh, Spielberg directing uh, Obama, and uh-huh. they're like, "Who do we get? Like, you know, who do we, who do we get to play um, Barack Obama? Like, how how can you emulate someone like that or whatever?" And yeah. said, "But then I realized the answer was right in front of me the entire time: Daniel Day Lewis." <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god
0: uh, it's it's very good
1: <laughs> yeah uh,
0: so that briefly flashed into my head and then i and then i jumped for lincoln i don't know why
1: <laughs> i still don't know how that jumped to lincoln but we're just gonna uh, i was thinking i was trying smile. to think of
0: a movie that where spoilers don't matter and lincoln would be a movie where spoilers don't matter or we like all know pearl how it harbor
1: <laughs> or the titanic
0: i don't think pearl harbor is a movie
1: uh, It definitely is.
0: Oh, is it's like a new movie or one of the... Maybe I did... I don't know. No, it it's like
1: matter. old. It's got Cuba Gooding Jr. in it.
0: Oh. I gotta be okay. honest.
1: The only reason I know what that movie is is because uh, I did a presentation about a person that I like learned about from that movie.
0: Okay. And <laughs> I was like also gonna school. say, you could argue that Titanic could be spoiler bait i mean not probably at the not at the time when it was released because nobody cared about spoilers 20 years ago as much at least it wasn't as big of a problem but like yeah we all know that the ship sinks but like that's not what the movie's about it's about not having enough space on a piece of wood
1: okay maybe (laughs) the other day i was watching like random videos and there was something about like like a visual effects artists react something or like something like that and the whole like titanic and like how they did all their visual effects is crazy because they just pretty much built it <laughs> yeah that just baffles me back
0: in the good old days Mm-hmm. and then james cameron went uh, way in the other direction 10 years later Mm-hmm. have you watched avatar did you watch nope. it nope okay I watched it once, several years after it came out, back when I was a real cool hipster middle school kid who didn't want to watch the movie that everybody was raving about, so I never watched it at that time. Mm-hmm. And I watched it later, and yeah, it really is like watching a two-hour video game cut scene. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah? Yeah. I, I definitely recommend people go watch Dr. Feel Good before they watch Avatar.
1: Yes. Now that I've seen Dr. Feelgood, does that mean I need to go watch Avatar?
0: No, I think it means that you need to go watch the uh, six-hour speedrun of um, Lego Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, is that uploaded? Is yeah, that like... I, I don't remember who I was with, but someone that I was with found it <laughs> with me.
1: <laughs> you No, you got to watch his his live stream of playing with Legos. Wait, like what? A, may, Wait, maybe it's an unlisted video. If it is, uh, mm. can you cut this out? Mm-hmm. Um, let me look. I think it's, no, what?
0: Is, I mean, if it's unlisted, I won't be able to find it unless I have the link. That's how unlisted works.
1: I, I know. So I'm trying to see if I can find it. Okay. To see if it's something that, or if he's like got it on a, oh, maybe he, it's on. I know he did it and maybe he left it unlisted but i swear he he like live streamed himself for like 12 hours playing with Lego. <laughs> or something crazy
0: <laughs> well that's a that comes after indiana jones because you got you gotta move your way up yeah by the way i'm still a fan of stealing the idea that i told you of a long time ago of one of us having legos and the other one having the instructions to a yeah. lego set I feel yeah. like that's that's actually the goal of this podcast is relaying that visual info.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like we... We can use
0: up our monthly quota on a single episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel like when we discussed this previously, the idea came up with, is like, yeah, that's a great idea of something we should do when we like don't want to do the podcast anymore and want to end up hating each other by the end of it.
0: <laughs> I think that's what you said well it depends on who has the instructions i think if you have the instructions and i have the legos we'll do just fine (laughs) as in like i can withstand the verbal abuse and probably won't get as mad at you (laughs) but if it were the reverse i don't think either of us would uh do well i think that that's the like that's the worst power dynamic there
1: (laughs) why i'm trying to understand what you're trying to say you I don't really to know what I'm trying to say. I... <laughs> I
0: think it's just an instinct that I have that like the dynamic that that we that we have on the on this show means that it'll work much better if you have the instructions and I have the Legos. Because that like plays to our weaknesses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, if I'm the one giving very precise directions based on the Lego instructions, that's no fun for anybody. hmm But if you're giving them to me, that is what people come to listen for
1: funny also mark hmm. on a totally unrelated topic <laughs> okay i i've had a conversation with uh a mutual friend of ours a while ago it it bears no bearing on the or it has no bearing on the story who this person is but they discussed how it's funny how the beginning of our podcast keeps getting longer and longer and then the first comic keeps getting longer and longer and the second comic is just more and more of a throwaway And this week I'm wondering, are we going to get to the comics or not? We
0: always get to the comics. Should we do that like now? we get to both comics. No ifs and or buts about it.
1: Do you want to do that sometime relatively soon? Yeah, I mean, I've had
0: my comic pulled up for a while. I've just been waiting for a chance to
1: transition. Because
0: you just won't stop talking about this this movie.
1: Oh, shut your dang mouth. So we got the, The Humble Stumble by Roy Schneider. And so we got... What? Like a. a maybe like a single dad with a child? Dad's all dressed up nice in a suit. And he says, Well, kiddo, do I look okay for my lunch date? Child responds, Wow, dad, you look really spiffy. Thank you, thank you. Dad responds. And then as the dad is walking away the child says from a distance you might want to lose the Mickey Mouse socks on a first date though the dad not losing a step says they're part of my boyish charm Mickey Mouse socks might be not a great call on the first date
0: no what
1: would your call be Uh, what are your first
0: date socks Grant what are your lucky socks
1: I got lucky socks, but I don't want to tell you about them because they might not be lucky anymore after I tell you.
0: Okay, yeah, fine. Let's just call them... Let's just say, what's your first date socks, regardless of luck factor? Luck won't okay. factor in.
1: Well, it depends what kind of footwear I'm wearing.
0: Like, okay, you're wearing something that you would wear socks with. Let's say you're wearing... Let's say it's a really fancy first date and you're wearing dress shoes. Let's start there.
1: Okay. Then I'm wearing, like... I'm wearing neat socks. Fun what socks. Does that mean? <laughs> Like, socks with a, a wild pattern on them of some sort or the other. Whether it's, like, real bold colors and bold pattern or, like... Okay. Like, penguins or pineapples or something. mm mm-hmm. uh, But I tend to steer away from things like penguins and pineapples just because, like, they're kind of polarizing, you know? <laughs> but. I, I don't know what to make of that claim. <laughs> well, the, do you want to know the real reason I steer clear of those? Because I feel like socks with like pictures never translate as well as you want them to because Mm. like they're going onto a part of your body that isn't a tube isn't a perfect cylinder and socks are typically made to be kind of more or less perfect cylinders and so they stretch weird and so like the pineapples end up looking all jacked up Mm. or like you got some like skinny penguins and some like fat short penguins and just like Yo, these penguins are gonna get bullied by the other penguins. Well, okay, penguins. so you're
0: doing it wrong then. What you need, what you need are socks where a pair of socks where each ankle to calf area is a pineapple that's wrapping all the way around, and then another pair of socks where at the top is a little penguin face with its mm-hmm. body going down and getting a little fatter as it reaches your ankle.
1: Mm-hmm. So, hey, Mark, can I just, I just want to like. Take a step back here and just like make sure I understand what's going on right now. So you're critiquing my sock game. That's what just yeah. happened. I'm critiquing okay. it, in it
0: within within the context of the socks that you already wear. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not actually even critiquing your sock game. I'm just saying here's a potential fix for your um, shape mm-hmm. distortion. Hmm. Anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk about because I knew it would be a contentious topic. <laughs>
1: What did you want to talk about? Because that's exactly what I assumed you wanted to talk about.
0: Oh, I knew that's what you would assume. I'm a simple man. I ask simple questions. I just want to know your views on the House of Mouse, that great corporation that is Disney.
1: Ugh. <laughs> uh, it's like cheap hot dogs. It's great, but the more you know about how it's made... And everything behind the scenes make me think it's slightly less great, but, like, not enough that I would stop consuming it. All right. If that makes sense. I don't know. I'd buy that.
0: So Grant has brought The Born Loser by Art and Chip Sansom. Sansom. That's interesting. Uh, We have a fellow on the phone wearing uh, a very classic kind of... At least at the time, considering his kind of balding head, uh, old person look of a sweater with a collared shirt beneath it, and he's on a uh, (laughs) a manual push home phone type situation with a with a wire connected to it. I don't even know what words to use to describe these phones anymore. Like it's not a rotary phone. It's like the kind of phone that you'd see in yeah. offices of your elementary school twenty years ago, ten years ago actually, probably, but ten to twenty years ago, you'd see these phones. And the man on the phone is saying, "Hello, Acme Plumbing. This is a Brutus Thornapple. My water heater seems to be shot. Could you please give me an estimate of how much it would cost to replace it?" And he listens, and then turn, and then we move the camera to be facing him head on as he says what do you mean how much have i got oh poor brutus we
1: we got a couple things to unpack here quick first Mm -hmm. question is last scene in the comic the heck is the what are the things on his face so he's got two eyes and a nose then the thing under his nose what is that and then the thing at the Like next straight down from that. What is that? Is that a mustache and a goatee or a mustache and a mouth on his lower chin?
0: I'm taking it as a mustache and a mouth and then his lower chin. Okay. Like we're, we're in cartoon proportions. I think his profile makes that pretty clear.
1: Okay. Just like it's a weird shape. for I don't know. Not that I could do any better, but not that I could even do close enough to be critiqued while you're searching for whatever you're searching for i'll get to the second point uh so so the character in this comic is he's he's looking for a a new a new water heater and like things that heat things are great you know what heats things great and that i think is a great invention is seat heaters in cars living in a cold climate i just had an epiphany today that that's just like a baller idea and whoever came up with that is just killing the game and i just felt like i needed to say that publicly uh in a in an archival format huh. cuz these these episodes are going to be archived right yeah of course they will
0: exist in perpetuity perfect i've ar- i've already set up the uh foundation to maintain our hosti- hosting fees on the internet excellent <laughs> uh yeah i i like seat heaters you when do. it matters obviously like the fact that i live in california means that i don't have them nor do i need them so i don't miss Mm -hmm.
1: them Mm
0: -hmm. it's always it's always a tough thing like i would i would buy more into seat heaters whenever i'm living in a cold climate with a car that can start itself but i'm not interested in my cold butt hitting very very cold leather and then midway through the drive, it's suddenly feeling like it's real toasty hot in a numb way, and then I have to turn it down to a low. I've never particularly enjoyed that experience. Like, like it is, it's better than not having one at all for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm not convinced that it's like much better than just having the heat on in a cloth um, seat car. So I would say if it's if I have a car that can start itself. And get those heaters turned on, so mm. that once I'm in the car, everything's nice and toasty, including the seat. That's fine, but then of course, well, maybe I should, would just get a cloth car that starts itself because then the whole car is warm enough anyway. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to do a little experimentation.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: those are my initial thoughts.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Does your car have uh, seat warmers? Yes, and I love them. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. Do they I wonder oh. if they're do you, Well how what's the granularity of your warming states?
1: I got three three states. Three? Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm living large up here, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm gonna be honest, I only use the lowest one. Oh.
0: Okay. Uh is it kind of perpetually in low so that when you turn your car on it's just
1: on that? No, you have to do it every time, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say that is the the only hiccup to it
0: that reminds me of my mom's car she got a couple years ago now a hyundai santa fe i think just some sort of you know crossover suv kind of car and it has the most annoying default that i've never seen on another car where you know how again for whatever reason most cars have like the main cruise functionality that you can turn off so that you can't use cruise control at all. hmm I've never really, you know, I've always wondered why that even exists. It makes it more baffling that this car has that turned off by default every time you turn on the car. So whenever you go to use cruise control, you have to remember that you have to manually turn on the ability to turn on cruise control the first time, and then you can go into cruise.
1: I feel like that's what my car does. I feel like that's what every car with cruise control I've ever had does too. I've only ever
0: had cars that you turn on the car and if you hit start cruise mode, it starts in cruise mode because it's already available for you.
1: Like you can just hit like set speed and it sets it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't have to think about it.
1: I have the opposite experience. That's hilarious. I have never been in a car like that before or never driven a car like that before. Hmm.
0: My worldview has been shaken. Well, you should try it sometime. It's way better. It's way better to not have to press an extra button the first time you want to go into cruise control. Yeah. And just no. go into it. Like I imagine could... if imagine if like you got into a car and like your automatic like front driver window was like not working. Mm-hmm. Because you had oh, to yeah. press a button before you could actually engage the automatic window rolling.
1: I I totally agree. It fits how I expected cruise control to work when I first started to drive. The first time I used cruise control, I had like my father, I remember him like having to explain it to me of like, no, oh no, you got to turn it on first before you actually like turn it on. And I was like, wait, what? And so he had to like point to the wheel on the button for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cause like, I'd like figured out on my own, like what button to set. But I was like mm-hmm. trying to press it. And he's like, Oh, yeah, no, it's not working because you have to turn it on. And I was like, Why? What do you mean you have to turn it on? Like,
0: yeah. I, I guess it also matches that layouts of cars are probably designed or like button configuration is probably designed around that a little bit. Where I know that my mom's mm-hmm. car, the button to turn it off and on is like also on the steering wheel. In every other car, mostly Honda's, um, the, the button to turn off cruise control is like to the left like below the you know vent Mm. where you'd like turn on or off like you know automatic braking stuff or something there's a big Mm. button that says cruise like it's out of the way you would never think of hitting a button anywhere like below the height of the steering wheel to your left on a normal car
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but that's where it is because like it's always on like so if you want to turn it off go to that out of way place but like it's it's on otherwise
1: Mm interesting interesting yeah.
0: We grow so much on here, Grant.
1: Yes, we do. Growing as people every day.
0: That's a new tagline. Mm-hmm.